The Holy Gospel according to John, the third chapter. Now there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, a leader of the Jewish people. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the dominion of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh. And what is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it. But you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you a teacher of Israel? and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, that God gave the Son, the only begotten one, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but may have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Maker, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't you understand? I have to admit, this is one of the most challenging questions we experience. The way it sounds instantly shocks me into a heap of emotions. Emotions of guilt for not understanding, emotions of fear of letting down the asker. Even saying it now, here, I can feel my pulse rising and my stomach beginning to sink with these emotions. Don't you understand? And I am sure there are countless times in your lives you can think of being asked this very same question. Maybe it's in your work when your boss comes over and asks this. Possibly it's the news asking if we understand how to properly wash our hands in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Or maybe it's coming out of your child's mouth with a hint of annoyance. Don't you understand, Mom? Don't you understand, Dad? It's a question which truly cuts deep into our beings. One that begs us to feel emotion because it feels like we are being questioned about our knowledge, about if we get what's going on, one that makes us appear inadequate. It's a question which makes us feel less than the one asking it. 
What if we were to be pushed further by this question and put it in the context of our faith? Let's imagine someone during coffee hour at Next Apache coming to you and asking about your understanding of faith, your understanding about the Bible, about Jesus, about baptism, communion, about all these things which make us believers. Does it make your pulse rise? Do you feel the butterflies floating around in your stomach? Is the blood rushing to your face as you start to build up a defense response? What about your faith? How is that doing in the midst of this question? Do you feel outcasted with your faith being questioned? Or do you feel inadequate since you don't have quite the right answer to give? For me, whenever I am asked about my faith and I can't concretely answer, I become embarrassed. As if uh, by not knowing the answer, I'm not good enough to be a Christian. My whole mood is affected for the rest of the day, and I am swept away with the desire to seek a deeper understanding, as if reading countless theological papers can help me rise up out of this mood. I just want to say, I think I do, so I can quickly get out of the situation and move on. Don't you understand? I am sure I am not the only one here today that feels anxious right now when I am asked this question about our faith. In the Gospel of John today, we meet Nicodemus, a man struggling also with this very same question of understanding his faith. Some background on Nicodemus so we can truly understand what's going on. He was a Pharisee a man studying and teaching about the Torah, who was a prominent leader among the Jewish people during this time. Nicodemus had wealth. And based off the verses we have read, it is clear that he was a seeker after the truth of who Jesus was. Because of his wealth and status among the Pharisees, Nicodemus is unique from others who surround Jesus in the Gospel of John. He wasn't a fisherman, a farmer or a laborer like much of the crowd that followed Jesus. So it's no mistake Nicodemus comes to Jesus at night in the darkness that will cast shadows over who he is. We can easily believe this, darkness providing protection so he can freely travel to Jesus without his fellow Pharisees seeing him. But what if we push this further? and looked at ancient mythology for what this darkness means. In mythology, nighttime is associated with unbelief, with ignorance. So maybe Nicodemus came to Jesus at night because of his own darkness of not knowing Jesus. A person Nicodemus knew very little about other than the signs that Jesus was performing. In all honesty, we have no idea why Nicodemus went by night. There is no clear answer amongst the scholars. What we do know is a man of wealth and privilege sought out Jesus, seeking questions of his own faith. Don't let this pass us by. A man who thought he had it all, knowledge, wealth, status in his community, came to Jesus because he didn't have it all when it came to his faith. We can relate to this, can't we? The desire to always have more and more in our lives. 
the latest phone released, all the answers to the questions, the newest fashion items, to be in control of our own statuses because we think we have it all, forgetting our faith on the wayside. We understand Nicodemus's desire to go at night so our family and friends can't see us. But Nicodemus sought out Jesus in the hopes that out of the darkness of the night, he could come to the brightness of a new spiritual understanding of Jesus. Yet sometimes the brightness of a new spiritual understanding, especially the light that comes from Jesus, that can be overwhelming, blinding in the rays that come off of Jesus. Nicodemus experiences this overwhelming light in, the, in these verses where the dialogue goes back and forth between Nicodemus and Jesus. It all begins with Nicodemus addressing Jesus by calling him Rabbi, a unique remark in this verse. This title was only reserved for the lips of the disciples during the Gospel of John, but here Nicodemus uses it. Maybe he thought it could help ground him in the understanding of Jesus, or possibly it was a way to help combat some of the light shining forth into him. However, when Jesus starts to answer him about how we must be born from above to see the kingdom of God, Nicodemus becomes confused, taking this response very literally. Nicodemus questions how someone can be born again, especially when the person has grown old. This makes sense. A literal understanding of Jesus saying we must be born of the womb again seems rather impractical and unrealistic. And Jesus' response to this literal question from Nicodemus is saying, Very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, you must be born from above. Nicodemus, hoping for the darkness of his understanding to gain some light, struggles to understand what Jesus is talking about and continues to question him. And here, here is where Jesus asks Nicodemus, don't you understand? Nicodemus is supposed to be a teacher of Israel, a leader of the Jewish people, but he just can't understand how faith is supposed to work. He doesn't have the answer. We can't write Nicodemus off too quickly, though, as the bad guy here. Remember our own struggles with this very same question? Remember, we are people who hoard control in our lives, our status, our money, our clothing, our social groups. We love to have control. We, too, find ourselves in the darkness seeking the true light of Jesus in our own faith. Nicodemus easily could have said here, I think so, I think I understand, to write off Jesus after what was being said to him in order to get out of this tense situation. But he doesn't. Instead, Nicodemus knows it's okay not to have the answer when it comes to our faith. And Jesus recognizes that all these things that he has been speaking to Nicodemus about, the kingdom, are mysteries not only to Nicodemus, but also to us today. And we can't understand without the help of the Spirit and the water to open our eyes to the kingdom, to what it truly means to be born from above. 
Jesus' reply when he realized he didn't understand was, don't you understand? But it's not the same question that we are used to. This isn't going to make our blood pressure rise, nor is it going to make our faces flush because it feels condescending. Rather, this is an invitation from Jesus to come and learn about the kingdom of God, to come and be born to the life with God, to come and understand this new brightness in our faith. And our readings today teach us, in order for us to take up this invitation, we must let go of, the, of our earthly constructed control and let the Spirit do her work in our lives. Yes, the Spirit cannot be controlled. Jesus speaks of this in verse 8, saying, The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. The Spirit cannot be controlled in our lives. Only God has that control. So no matter how much we own, how much control we think we have, the Spirit moves freely in our lives to direct us to the kingdom come because we still don't have everything God has to offer for us. And this realization can truly be overwhelming. An overwhelming light cascading into our lives and a scary new reality to understand the loss of our control. We don't have control over the Spirit who is directing us to what God has in store for us. And our text today doesn't necessarily explain more about how to live in this new reality of the Spirit pulling us out of the grasp of darkness where our human desires to have more runs rampant. There isn't a step-by-step instruction booklet telling us how to give up control to God's Spirit. However, if you thumb through the rest of the Gospel of John, the story of Nicodemus gives us a pretty extraordinary example of how we are called to let the Spirit do her work in our lives. For Nicodemus, we will see him two more times in the Gospel of John. The first being defending Jesus in chapter 7, verses 50 through 51. And finally, probably the most moving one of all, in chapter 19, bringing the spices to use for Jesus' burial after his crucifixion. Nicodemus, the one who went to Jesus in the darkness of his faith and is overwhelmed by the brightness of Jesus, only to be changed by the Spirit since this encounter with Jesus, That's the Nicodemus that brings the spices to Jesus, a full evolution of a seeker of truth to disciple. And this, this is how the Spirit works in our lives. This is how we are born from above when we take up Jesus' invitation to come and learn which ushers in the Spirit. Don't you understand This question from Jesus is an invitation to us during these 40 days of Lent and beyond. An invitation to come and learn about the kingdom of God. To come and feel the stirring of the Spirit in our lives. An invitation to let go of our earthly control to become a part of the shining light that is Jesus through the Spirit. For some of us, this light may be too overwhelming right now. And that's okay, especially during this time of Lent when we focus on our own mortality and our sinful ways. 
The thought of living life where the Spirit is freely moving among us in our days is scary. A life where we aren't in control of God's love for us is terrifying. A life where God loves us so much he gave his only son for us is overwhelming. And these are the moments to be invited into the spirit that's calling us to the kingdom to come. Because God's love is for each and every one of us. The broken, sinful people who are here, who have faith in the stirring of God's spirit in our lives. And for those of us who are sitting there thinking, okay, I'm a sure follower. I think I understand this. This can still be a hard thing to fully embrace, this brightness in the faith of all these moments. But it's okay. The good news is when we are in this overwhelming light of faith, where the Spirit is stirring inside us and we feel lost, or we question the Spirit's direction in our life, or we just don't know the answers to our faith, God is present always in the Spirit with us. No matter how much we don't understand, no matter how much we come to God in our own darkness, no matter how many times we mess up, the Spirit will always be there. And we see that with Abram in the readings today. Through every suffering, every rejoicing Abram went through, the Holy Spirit was among him. The most remarkable thing is that Abram didn't have to do any extra work in order to gain this Spirit. Rather, all he had to do was have faith. It is through our faith, whether it be broken in the darkness or vibrant in the light, to enable the freedom of the Spirit in our lives. You can read about it in the letter from Paul today about all we need is faith. No amount of clothing, new phones, money, or whatever earthly control we think we need, God's Holy Spirit is closer to us Beloved, we must have faith in the Spirit that is working in our lives every day and trust God is forever present here and now with God's unending love. Like Nicodemus, we are invited to come and learn about the mysteries that is God's Spirit moving in our lives. Because once we have completed faith in the Spirit and let ourselves follow, we start to witness the kingdom to come in our world. The kingdom where there is no suffering, the kingdom where all have voices, not just the powerful, the kingdom where all are welcomed. Until we put our complete faith in the Spirit of God, we will just need to listen for the invitation from Jesus to come and learn about the Spirit's guiding. Feel the Spirit stir in your life like the wind, pulling you to action. Maybe that's joining a group of people to cook meals for the homeless. Maybe that pulling of the Spirit is to pick up trash along the sidewalks. Maybe that pull from the Spirit may even be to forgive someone who has done you wrong. The Spirit is here among us because of our faith. It's sweeping by us like the wind, tugging us to different places to try to find the kingdom come to this world. And maybe you're like me right now and feel completely overwhelmed with how to even start to recognize the Spirit moving in your life. So I challenge us. Slow down. Be silent and listen to the one who speaks to us through simple, earthly things. 
like the sweeping of the wind in the springtime flowers, the whistling of wind between window panes, the breaking of bread, the pouring of wine. Start here with me. So when Jesus asks, don't you understand? You can say, I think I do. Amen.